Good morning, everybody. Welcome. You look rested today. Did you get an extra hour of sleep last night or did you go to bed an hour later? (laughs) Yeah, I I thought so. Glad to have you with us. Welcome. We uh, welcome you. We welcome our guests, especially this morning, and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together. Uh, Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each aisle. We'd like to ask everyone if you would take that and to fill it out uh, so we could have a record of your, of our, of your attendance with us this morning. Um, we would certainly appreciate that. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there, and uh, you'll receive that each week as we, um, as, uh, we send that out each Thursday. Um, several things coming up and several things that have been happening. We've had a busy October, haven't we? It has been a very busy October. Uh, and we finished up October, as we always do, with a big flare on, on Wednesday as we had our fall festival here at our church. And so I want to thank you, uh, everybody who was uh, involved with our great fall festival this year. Uh, it, uh, and, and everyone who works so tirelessly to pull off all of our community events here at Community Baptist Church. Kudos to everyone. I think all of you deserve a big hand of, of applause. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Um, you'll notice in your worship folder that we're having our uh, community outreach challenge that is coming up beginning next week. And this is something we've done for the past couple of years. Um, I think the first year the men won the challenge and the second year the women won the challenge. Uh, but you know what? We're not going to do men against the women this year. Hmm. You know, I, which I'm a little disappointed at because I was really looking forward to, to beating you ladies again this year. But <laughs> but we're not going to do the women against the men this year. We're, we're just going to everybody's going to be a winner. The real winner is going to be Christian outreach. And so we're going to be uh, we're going to be pre- uh, bringing items in food items in every week for the next four weeks, beginning next week. And our and here's the thing. Our goal we're going to set a goal of bringing in 2,000 items for Christian outreach in four weeks' period of time. You think we can do that? I think we can do that. Here's your assignment, folks. Next week, bring cereal, breakfast bars, Pop-Tart, or oatmeal. Okay? Next week, and the next week after that, we'll be bringing something else. Our, 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 we're going to be having a children's fundraiser. Razor. I actually started that already at this table over here. Uh, they're going to be uh, selling calendars and notepads. These are good stocking stuffers, and uh, so if you want to drop by there between now and Christmas, and they'll be going quick, though, so you might want to stop there, by there soon and purchase some of those for, uh, for gifts. And, um, and also, um, Nibby reminded me today on, by email to ask everyone to like our Facebook page. How many of you have Facebook? Okay, how many of you have liked the Community Baptist Facebook page? All right, not enough. If you have Facebook, you need to go to our page and like it. And not only that, but you need to ask all of your friends to like it, too. Right now, we have 215 likes, and we want to have at least, we want to set a goal very quickly of of 300 likes on our Facebook page. Now, let me tell you what that does. It, it sets up, uh, well, for one thing, it gives you information just like this. We put things out on our Facebook, and, uh, and, and I get information quickly, a lot quicker than if I did not have Facebook. And, and uh, so you might be getting information about our church, something, something happens, uh, an event that we're doing, or maybe an emergency or, or, or something is going on in the lives of some of our church members. You'll get that information just like that. And uh, and so that would be helpful. And also, as you comment on those things, those things come up on your page and and it's kind of a good publicity for our church. So if you have Facebook, go to the Community Baptist Facebook page and like it. We want to get 300 very quickly. OK, very quickly. And uh, let's see here. What, what was it? 
Oh, yes, prayer chain. Uh, we're working up our prayer chain again. It's kind of kind of fizzled a little bit. And so we're working up our prayer chain again. And uh, and we want to get that up and running uh, very quickly as well. And so if you would like to be a part of the, our prayer chain, and basically what this means is that you are committing to pray for the needs uh, that arise within our church. Um, and, and what happens is somebody will call the church and say, hey, I want I would like the church to pray for for something, you know, uh, something has happened or, or whatever. And we will contact the people on the prayer chain. And it's just kind of a uh, you, you'll you'll be committed to pray for for this event. And you may be committed to to call one or two people uh, to go down the chain so that other people can be praying for this, uh, this whatever it is uh, as well. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, please call the church office and we'll put you on the list and, and we'll be setting that up very, very quickly as well. Um, Mary, did you have something you would like to say? Actually, I'm speaking for Virginia because she can't speak this morning. We hope she continues getting well. She's had a very bad um, bronchial infection. <laughs> respiratory infection. Um, you know, Virginia has done an awesome job with Children's Choir. She'd still like to get more kids there on Wednesday night, but Children's Choir is going really well. And this year we'd like to have a Christmas pageant. So, youth, this involves you also. Any children in the church, Kurt, this would involve your group. Kurt, we're so glad you're back doing church for uh, third, fourth, and fifth grade, too. Yes. Thank you, Kurt. So on the Christmas pageant, we will start practicing this Wednesday. We need to have as many kids there as possible. And we'll also be practicing during Children's Church, the second half of Children's Church. So we'll have our lesson and our craft the first half, and then we'll have the kids practice for the Christmas pageant the second half. So um, we'd like to have as many kids as possible, and um, we'll get with Julie and the youth, and we'll set a date, and we'll get that in the, in the bulletin as soon as possible. So that's one reason why we're doing the fundraiser. We're buying um, costumes for the kids, and it should be a, a really neat Christmas experience this year. So thank you, Dr. Tim. I'd like to also make a shout-out to the Praise Band and the whole Upward team yesterday. We were rocking yesterday. It was a great day for Upward. So thank you all very much. Thank you so much. We are doing a lot here at Community Baptist Church, and we're grateful that you're involved in, in, uh, in so many of these activities. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord and uh, share the love of Christ with one another. Okay, as we're finding our seat, I'd like to invite our children to come down to the front, uh, to my left and to your right. Miss Pam is down here to have our children's moment. So come on down, children. Am I on? Yeah. Come on. Come on down. Yeah. Oh, you, Mark. Mark, have a seat. Uh, quickly, I've been asked to announce that Wednesday night menu... Instead of pizza, we'll be chili and hot dogs. So, don't groan. You know how that goes. Good morning. How's everybody? You know, this time, the, the sermon today on, on love your neighbor, I didn't even have to make any notes today to talk about. We could all talk about loving our neighbors. Think about who's right next door at home. Is that your neighbor? Yeah. Right next door, right? But Jesus taught us 
to widen that. We don't, we don't just love those neighbors next door. We love beyond that. Example, and I don't want to embarrass her. There's a lovely lady in the choir right up here. Amy, do you mind? She just recently had a terrible fire. Burned her house, lost everything. Now, I'm sure her immediate neighbors, especially her family neighbors, were right there. But she would be one to say today that neighbors from everywhere, people she doesn't even know, came to help her. Those are neighbors, right? Those people up on the East Coast today, up there on the ocean on the East Coast over there where it had that terrible storm and water came in and destroyed all their houses, they had to have help from neighbors beyond loving people we don't even know. Those are our neighbors too. Well, I'm going to expand that just a little bit more this morning because I think sometimes our neighbors, they're so familiar to us that we neglect telling them how much we love them and we thank them. So I did a little baking yesterday, and I thought you could help me today by doing delivering something for me, okay? I want this one. Would you go, would you go right up there and hand this to the Pastor Tim? He's going to raise his hand right there, okay? Pastor Tim. And group, we're going to say, thank you, Pastor Tim. Are you ready? Thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you. All right. Then we're going to have this one. And I want you to go and find that there's a gentleman, a young a man behind the organ over there. His name is Nibby. Can you go all the way over? Can you show your face there, Nib, please? Now say, thank you, Nibby. Thank you, Nibby. And then we have one beautiful lady. You want to do this one? How about this lady in the purple pants right there? Can we say, thank you, Summer. Everybody, thank you, Summer. Okay. And then there's all oh, this person behind me. Mm, I don't know about her. I don't know. But would you like to take that up to Jika, please? Our neighbor there. And say, thank you, Jika. Thank you, Jika. And one more wonder who that could be. Would you like to hand that to this lady right behind you, please? Oh, and we're going to say, thank you. There you go. There you go. That's the idea. We have to tell those people we love them and share it. I want to tell you this week, find a friend, a neighbor, somebody you don't even know. Do something nice for them, okay? Thank you. That's it.
Please join me in our responsive reading titled, When Love is Hard. Oh God, you are relatively easy to love. You're always there for us. You're always faithful to be a source of strength and encouragement to those you love. And so you're easy to love. The fact is, Lord, sometimes we find it easy to love our brothers and sisters of the world when they behave. But sometimes they can get mean and hard to love. What are we to do then? Well, you're not asking much, are you? Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Help us, O God, in our weakness and human pride. Amen. gospel lesson comes from Mark 12, verses 28 to 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is first of all? 
And Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. God for this opportunity to come and to serve with these people for for this church and for its place in this community we're grateful we're thankful for the generosity of of this church and we pray for continued commitment to the to your work in this place at this time give us strength our father and, and forgive us our sins amen
Wow. <clears throat> Thank you, choir. Doesn't that just make you happy? <laughs> Song like that, just, you know, I was, I was kind of looking out into your faces as, as the choir was singing that song, and, and, and happiness was just there. So thank you for that, choir. Uh, Ron, Ron Dykstra tells about a young, successful executive who was driving through a neighborhood in his brand-new Jaguar when suddenly a brick came smashing into the side of his car. Well, this young executive slammed on his brakes and backed up his car to the spot where the brick had been thrown. And he jumped out of his car and grabbed the nearest kid by the collar and shouted, What was that all about? Just what the heck do you think you're doing? That's a brand new car and that brick's going to cost me a lot of money. Why did you do that? Well, the boy was very apologetic. He said, please, mister, please, I, I'm sorry, but I didn't know what else to do. I threw the brick because no one else would stop. And with tears dripping down his face, this, this kid pointed to a spot just around a parked car, and he said, it's my brother. He's rolled off the curb and fell out of his wheelchair, and I can't get him up. And now the kid was sobbing, and the boy asked the man, would you please help me to get him Back in his wheelchair, he's, he's hurt and he's too heavy for me. Well, by now, the, the driver was moved beyond words. And he tried to swallow that rapidly growing lump in his throat. And so he carefully lifted the boy back into his wheelchair. And he took out a handkerchief and, and dabbed at the scrapes and the cuts. And, and a quick look at him told him that everything was going to be okay. And the boy said, thank you. And the man who was too shook up for words simply watched the boy push his brother down the sidewalk back towards their home. It was a slow walk back to his car. And you know, it's a funny thing. He never bothered to repair that dent in his car. He kept that dent there to remind himself of this message. Don't go through life so fast that someone has to throw a brick at you in order to get your attention. In Mark 12, we discover some Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herodians trying to catch Jesus in a trap. They knew that he had been stirring the people up, and they saw him as a troublemaker. So they wanted to, to find some way to, to bring charges against him so that they could have him locked up. But what they discovered was that Jesus knew the law better than they did. And more importantly, he understood the, the heart of the law rather than just the letter of the law. And some of them were impressed by his knowledge. But one of the teachers heard them talking and debating with one another. And so he asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus answered, the most important commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might, might and all of your strength. And the second one is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, in the Jewish books of the law, scholars have identified no less than 613 laws. Of these, 248 are considered to be positive in nature, while 365 are considered to be negative. In other words, what I mean by that is that some of these laws compel a person to do certain things, while others forbid them from doing certain things. And these 613 laws formed the basis for Jewish belief and practice. But basically what Jesus did in his answer to this, this teacher was to boil all of these laws and commandments, all of the teachings of the prophets down to one word, one simple word, and that word is love. Love God, love your neighbor. But what does it mean to love? 
Well, one thing that it means is that a person in need should not have to throw a rock at our car in order to get our attention. Folks, Christians are called to do more than just have warm, fuzzy feelings towards people. Followers of Jesus are called to seek people out who are hurting and to minister to those people. You know, it's easy to be a Christian if, if, if that just means keeping all of the thou shalt nots, you know. That's fairly easy. I, as, as the old country ditty used to say, we don't smoke and we don't chew and we don't go with girls who do. You ever heard of that? If that's what it means to be a Christian, then we're, we're doing pretty good, you know. And, and I know that it would be hard to keep uh, all of those 365 of those laws that prohibit, prohibit us from doing certain things. But most of them don't apply to us anyway. And, and it's easy to be a Christian if all it means is coming to church from time to time and dropping a little change in the offering plate. We've got that pretty well covered. I mean, look at us. Whoopee! We're followers of Jesus. But folks, there are a lot of people who think that they're following Jesus, but they have missed the mark altogether. Because you see, the most important thing that Jesus told us to do was to love God and to love our neighbor. And by the way, you can't do one without the other. But what does that mean for you? Is it just a warm, fuzzy feeling? Is it, is it a romantic whisper in your ear? Let me tell you what that love meant in, in one church. This is a story that Dr. Barbara Lundblatt tells about a friend of, of hers who is a pastor in New England. Dr. Lundblatt asked her friend, how's your building program going? And this pastor said, oh, we ran out of money before we got to the worship space. And Dr. Lundblatt thought to herself, what, what could be more important than the worship space? And, but, but she kept her thoughts to herself, and the pastor explained, we renovated the basement. She said, you know, we have a shelter there for homeless men, and so we put in some new showers and renovated the old kitchen. The basement was so drab, and the showers, well, uh, there was only one, and, and it was lousy. And then the pastor said, on the Sunday before the shelter opened, the worship service began as usual in, in the sanctuary. But when it came time for communion, we all carried the bread and the cup downstairs to the basement. And the whole congregation gathered around the, the empty beds. And, and we passed that bread and that cup around the circle. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. And then this pastor said that night the shelter beds were full and the worship space still needed a lot of work. <laughs> well, folks, what does that tell you about love? You know what it tells me? It tells me that that congregation didn't need a rock thrown through its window in order to get its attention concerning the people in their community. And that's one reason that I love this space that we have right here, that we're sitting in right here. This is a congregation that has determined that it's going to be Community Baptist Church. And we're going to live up to that name. We are a community-oriented congregation that truly seeks to use this facility for the sake of the entire community, including some folks who would never otherwise darken the door of a traditional church. I see it all the time, folks. I saw it last Friday night as about 150 metalhead kids were in this place to listen to some of their local bands play. And, and while they were here, they heard something about Christian love. And they experienced the hospitality of a church that says, it's okay for you to be here. I, I see it every Saturday as we open the doors open to 160, 170 basketball players and cheerleaders and all of their families, some of whom are firmly ensconced in the Christian faith, but others who are not. And at every practice and at every game, they hear the Word of God proclaimed and, and they again experience the hospitality of this church 
who says, it's okay for you to be here. I saw it last Wednesday night when we had hundreds of people come to our annual fall festival to enjoy our hospitality and to enjoy the fun and the festivities. Many of these people don't have a church influence in their lives, but they come to us because they're comfortable here. And my friends, I'm proud of the way our church reaches out in so many ways to touch our community in a positive way for Christ. But that's what we're called to do. And even more. For you see, love requires that somehow we find out who the hurting are and go to them. There is another prime example of that that has been going on in our church for a couple of months now. Um, Phyllis McElwain came in today. Uh, so this is kind of impromptu, folks. Uh, Phyllis came in uh, today and caught me at the door and, and told me a story. And, and I asked her, I said, Phyllis, will you tell that story to our congregation? Our congregation needs to hear this. And, 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 it's, and it's about how our church has a ripple of influence that goes from a small place to other places because we reach out in the name of Christ. So Phyllis, come and take care of the middle part of my sermon, would you? I think most of you know uh, Miss Dorothy Parker, and she's been housebound for about eight weeks now uh, due to her health problems. And so this week on Friday, we had an appointment at the neurologist, uh, Dr. Mayron, so get Dorothy loaded up in the wheelchair and get her in. And if you've ever been in Dr. Mayron's office, uh, when you go in, the seats are like in an L shape. And all the seats are full except there's one left on the end for me, and then Dorothy has her wheelchair. So I checked her in, and so Dorothy and I could tell we had a long wait. So we started talking, of course. Dorothy's a big talker, and you know I am. And we started reminiscing, and uh, in the conversation, I don't know how we got on it, we talked about Kresge's 5 and 10 store downtown Evansville. And I said, well, our favorite Christ, uh, Christmas memory was on a Saturday in December going there to do my Christmas shopping for the kids in my class when I was a kid. And I said, but the best treat was eating at the lunch counter, and you'd find somebody that was about through eating, and then you'd stand behind them. Well, all the people are sitting there like this, and nobody's talking but Dorothy and me. And when I said Kresge's, the woman next to me said, Kresge's, I haven't thought about that for years. My mom worked at that lunch counter. So uh, the lady said, I take care of my mother now, and um, she's bedfast, but her mind is good. And so we, like you two, have a lot of long mother-daughter talks, to which Dorothy said, she's not my daughter. She's my Sunday school teacher. <laughs> By then, everybody else perked up, and Dorothy went on to say, the people of my church, you will not believe how good God has been to me because they have been keeping me afloat for eight weeks. And a woman sat down at the end and said, what church do you go to? <laughs> and so Dorothy says, I go to Community Baptist. And she gave a testimonial there in that doctor's office about this church and how people help each other and how we work out in the community and people began to interact with us, and I'm sitting there in amazement that this miracle is taking place, that here are ten strangers who had not said a word to each other, and now Dorothy is witnessing to these people about our church. This makes, this, well, the second group uh, that she's done this for. She has talked about her church to every aid nurse therapist that's come to her house through home health. In fact, each one of them has called me and said, where do y'all go to church? I wish we could get more of our people that went to your church. So the, the, when I shared this with Brother Tim, I said, 
This is exactly our mission statement. Being the presence of Christ, serving a world at need. And sometimes we get discouraged here because we work so hard and we don't see our seats full. But we're doing what we're supposed to do because it's that kind of testimony. Every one of those people went in to see the doctor before we did. And as they came back out by us, they stopped and said, We're going to be thinking about you. We're praying for you. We all got that personal connection, and the Spirit of God was there. The Word was spread. And see, I think we do that so many times that people know of us, and they may not end up coming here, but they might end up going somewhere else, and they might end up taking Jesus Christ as their Savior. We won't know that always, but God does. Thank you, Phyllis. Um, that's, that's a prime example of going to the people and, and sharing the, the good news of what God does through our lives. And it's something that we're all called upon to do this. I, another, just kind of an impromptu thing, this morning, well, actually a few days ago, I posted something on Facebook about, uh, I'm not going into the details, but basically it, it talked about how we don't have to check our mind at the door when we go to church. You know, we can be thinking people as, as well as, as uh, faithful people. And somebody responded to that this morning, and she said, uh, I could go to a church like that. And I said, well, come on. <laughs> and uh, and I, I told her, you, you, you can come to our church, you know, where I'm the pastor. She didn't know I was pastor there. there. And she said, you know, I've been thinking about that. And I, and I said, come on and visit us. And she said, I will. Now, that was about 10 minutes before the worship service started, so she couldn't come today. But maybe she'll come soon. And she's a friend of some of our, our members here. But that's, that's kind of the point here. We go to people. We go to the, to the people who need to hear us. And I, and I know that sometimes it's hard to identify who those people are. And sometimes it's hard to do that. I read a story about a, a college student who answered a knock on his door one night. And he found that the, at the door there was the police department, civil air patrol, and a search and rescue personnel. They were standing there demanding to know why he was sending out a distress signal. And, and clearly this young man was not in any distress, and he had no idea what they were talking about. So after a little investigation, they, discover, they discovered that the signal was coming from his new flat-screen TV. It seems that there was a defect in the TV that was causing it to emit a, a, a weird signal that was very much like a distress signal. And the signal was picked up by a satellite and relayed to the Air Force Rescue Center in Virginia. So the response, uh, uh, the response team left and told the kid not to turn his TV on or he would be facing a $10,000 fine for broadcasting a false distress signal. But you know something? What I thought about when I read that is, is that it sure would be helpful if everybody who needed help would send out a distress signal. You know? And the church could have a satellite picked up to pick up the distress signals of the people in the world who are hurting. That would make our, our job a lot easier, wouldn't it? But that's not the way it is. If, we did, if that happened, we would know where to go to share the love of Jesus. But they don't usually send out distress signals like that. And so that means that we have to go and find them. That wonderful preacher, uh, Tony Campolo, tells about a deacon that he knows of who did just that. This deacon wanted to find a place to share the love of Christ. And so he started going with the youth group in his church to lead a, a worship service in a nursing home. He stood in the, he stood in the back of the room while the young people performed their songs. And, and while he was standing there, this old man wheeled his, ro- his wheelchair over right next to him where he was standing. And the old man took, reached out and took the, the, the deacon's hand and, and he held it during the entire service. Well, the same thing happened the next month and the next month and the next. 
And then one Sunday they went and, and the man was not there. And so the deacon asked the nurse what, uh, what, what happened to him. And she said, well, he, he's near death. He's just down the hall, the third room. Maybe you should go and, and visit with him. And, uh, though, but he's, he's unconscious. And so the deacon walked down and he, and he went into the room. And it was a typical nursing home setting. It was sparse. There was a chair, a bed, and, and a man lying in his bed close to death. And then the deacon walked over. And he took the old man by the hand. He felt moved to say a prayer. And, and when he said amen, the old man in bed unexpectedly squeezed his hand in response. The deacon was so moved that he began to weep. And then he tried to, to get out of the room, but as he was leaving, he bumped into a woman who was coming into the room, and she said, oh, he's been waiting for you. And he said, what are you talking about? And she said, he, he, he didn't want to die until Jesus came and held his hand. She said, I tried to tell him that after death he could he would have a chance to meet Jesus and talk with Jesus and and hold Jesus' hand. But he said, No, once a month Jesus comes and holds my hand. He said, I don't want to leave until I have a chance to hold Jesus' hand one more time. Folks, where can you go? To show somebody the love of Christ. A nursing home. A big brothers, big sister organization. Christian outreach. There are endless places where you can be Jesus to someone in need. But here's what we need to see today. Every time we perform an act of love like this, we glorify Christ. The first commandment is to love God. But let me tell you something. When we love somebody else in the name of God, we are showing our love for God. There was a report on on 60 Minutes a while back about a group of of New York City paramedics. It took place uh, a couple of years ago when the Kashmir region between India and Pakistan was hit by a terrible earthquake. 100,000 people were killed in that earthquake. And when these 13 paramedics from New York City heard about it, they, they immediately decided to, to go and to help. And, and when they got there, they discovered that there was, they were the only foreign aid workers for miles around. Nobody else had come. But that didn't stop them. They, they put up some tents. And they started treating the, the thousands of people who streamed to them. Parents would carry their injured children from a destroyed village, walking days and days to reach them. And these 13 paramedics worked day and night. They estimated that they saved one life every half an hour for months. For months. Now, none of the people in that region had ever even met an American before. And one of the paramedics told 60 Minutes, he said, we're not just healing people. We're inoculating an entire valley against Islamic fundamentalism and their bias towards Americans. And that's not why they went, but that's something that they discovered by being there. And, And if they had been Christian missionaries, they would have said, we've been glorifying Christ. By showing his love to those in need. That's exactly what they were doing. And you know something? I can't help but to believe that a lot of the cynicism in our society towards organized religion would disappear overnight. If all of the Christians in our nation would just carry that the love of Christ out of these doors of our churches and into the world where we can meet the needs of our neighbors in the name of Jesus Christ. If all Christians everywhere did that, if all Christians everywhere did what Phyllis and Sybil and others are doing with, with Dorothy, and then people would look at Christianity in a different way. They would. A teacher of the law asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the greatest? And Jesus said the most important one is this. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's no commandment, no commandment greater than these. Well said, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there's no other to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices put together. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You know, that's where I want to be. How about you? I want to be near to the kingdom of God. So how do I do that? Well, it's really pretty simple. In fact, it's so simple that Jesus was basically able to boil it down to one word. And that word is love. So folks... Let us live near to the kingdom of God by living each day of our lives loving God and loving all of God's children with our words and most importantly, with our deeds. Amen. We're going to sing together, My Jesus, I Love Thee. How appropriate is that? You'd think we'd plan these things or something. My Jesus, I love Thee. It's an expression of our love for, for God, for Christ. And as we love our Lord, we also love our brothers and sisters in Christ, even when they're hard to love. Maybe you've never made a profession to Christ, to love Christ. If that's the case, we invite you to make that profession today. I want to tell you something, folks. Here's here's the gospel for you. God loves you more than anything else in the world. In fact, God loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus into the world who died so that we might have forgiveness and redemption. That's a lot of love. And all He asks in return is that we love Him. Maybe it's time for you to make that commitment to love Christ today and to live your life for Him from this day forward. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church today. Or, or maybe life hadn't been very easy for you these days. And maybe you're struggling with some personal things in your life and, and some, or, or whatever it may be. Maybe some spiritual things in your life. We'd love to pray with you. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing together, My Jesus, I love thee. Would you come?
thank you for your presence with us this morning. Uh, one matter of business we need to take care of today, and that is to, uh, to welcome a new member. Um, Sue Allen has come, and she would like to become a member of our church. Of course, she's been around here for a little while and kind of uh, been hanging out and worshiping with us, and not only worshiping, but also taking part in, in uh, the leadership of our church and the planning of our worship uh, services and things like that. And so I know that you will join me in welcoming Susan, uh, Sue uh, as she uh, requests that her membership be transferred uh, to our church from a sister church here in town. Would you join me in welcoming her by raising your hand and saying amen? Amen. 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 Welcome, Sue. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. And we minister to each other, and we're glad for the ministry you already have for us. And, and we're looking forward uh, to working together and serving together in the name of Christ in the days ahead. Uh, they're, they're hightailing it out, out of here, so um, we're not going to make her shake everybody's hand today. <laughs> um, let's, let's bow our heads for our benediction. Our God is one God whose love for us is one love, larger than the universe itself, longer than eternity. The buck stops at God's throne. And, and so let us live our lives by offering our love with all of our hearts, all of our devotion, with all of our soul and with all of our activity and all of our strength. Let us worship God in one accord and let us love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen.